0: Tommy, Willie, hey, this is great. This is not, if you're listening in thinking, did I listen to the Young Adults Sermon Podcast? You are, but it's a sermon podcast. Yes and no. Talk back. Oh, man, this, this is going to be super fun. <laughs> it's a good time right here. <clears throat> so we, we landed the plane last night, eight weeks in the book of Exodus. It's really a survey, not so much a study of the book. Mm -hmm. Um, And we stopped in chapter 32, which is what we're going to talk about today. Mm -hmm. Uh, There's still plenty more in the book of Exodus to cover, but we stopped there for a reason. They're about to wander now for 40 years in the wilderness. And you're starting to see kind of the unfolding at this point of why. And you see this obstinance, this disobedience to the Lord. And what, what I have called this is Exodus 32 is, leaving God yeah, and we see these people that are going to they're going to a lot of them walk away from God after all that God had done. Mm-hmm. So why don't I read the first few verses and then let's just talk through this chapter like we taught on last night. Let's do it. All right. Exodus 32, 1 through 8. When the people saw that Moses delayed to come down from the mountain, the people gathered themselves together to Aaron and said to him, Make us gods who shall go before us. As for this Moses, the man who brought us up out of the land of Egypt, we don't even know what's become of him. So Aaron said to them, Take the gold rings that are in the ears of your wives and your sons and your daughters. Bring them to me. So all the people took off the gold rings that were in their ears, brought them to Aaron. He received the gold from their hand, fashioned it with a graving tool, and made a golden calf. And they said, Oh, These are your gods, O Israel, who brought you up out of the land of Egypt. And when Aaron saw this, he built an altar before it, and Aaron made a proclamation and said, Tomorrow will be a feast to the Lord. Mm -hmm. They rose up early the next day. They offered burnt offerings, brought peace offerings, and the people sat down to eat and drink, but they rose up to play. And the Lord said to Moses, Go down. Your people whom you brought up out of the land of Egypt have corrupted themselves. They have turned aside Quickly, they turned aside quickly out of the way that I commanded them. Have made for themselves a golden calf and have worshipped it and sacrificed to it and said, "These are your gods, O Israel, who brought you up out of the land of Egypt." I want to read the first part of verse eight one more time? Verse eight. This is God talking to Moses, mm-hmm. and He says, "They turned aside quickly." Man, that's the word of the Lord. is the word of the Lord. Thanks be God. You know, well. It was a heavy hitting night. Really yeah. not a not a real super happy chapter to kind of land the plane on in the book of Exodus, but I think we needed to see the gravity of what happened. Yeah. So you want to start kind of talking through this you heard last night. You've got the text in front of you.
1: Yeah. I mean, I think this this idea uh of leaving God is is really serious and i'm kind of reminded of i think a couple months ago um deez was talking about in one of his sermons this really stuck with me he's like a lot of people he's kind of talking about how a lot of people come out of college really on fire for the lord and then their their 20s and especially their 30s kill them and and their faith dies and um, I I don't know it's a really provocative thought to me because I do know I mean I haven't even been out of college for long and I already know people who were in such uh, fertile seasons of of growth and were really involved in college ministry or whatever and now they've sort of abandoned ship or or their Christianity is just this um, you know it's it's stagnant and, yeah. um, it's, it's kind of this reminder, I think what you kept hitting on all night is Christianity. Our, our faith is something that we have to constantly be keeping and, and tending to because we are prone to wander. We are prone to let go. And just because we kind of run around with our, our friends who believe in God and we believe in God, that, that is not our guarantee of a faithful life.
0: That's right. I think you said something really, you said several things important. One thing you said that's important is these, these folks didn't leave God because they were with all their pagan friends. Yeah, They left God in unison with other people who were walking with God. Mm-hmm. And I think it's a, a natural thought to think, oh, well, people just leave God when they get into like real pagan things. They were with yeah. their, their quote unquote, believer friends when they walked away from yeah. God.
1: And I think what is really chilling is they still believed in Yahweh yeah, and still wanted to worship him and serve him mm-hmm. in some regard. And, you know, that is like, I think when the whole idea of leaving God comes up, we think of you know, the quote unquote deconstruction, like people and that like the ex-evangelical camp who have kind of planted their flag and like hating God and the church. But I think what we can be really at risk of still is not even realizing that we've, we've fallen off the path that we've left God because we we keep the name of God. We keep some of the rituals of God that we like to keep. And then we add in the things that we want to add in. Yep. And I, I, I think that that is the warning that is so pre, um, pertinent to us.
0: Yeah. Let, let's, let's walk through this because this story explains exactly what you yep. just said. See, they, they're going to leave God because they wanted God on their own terms. God mm-hmm. had disappointed them last night. John Robert, Cawthon, he he shared his testimony. He talked about how when he was 16, he started to wander away from God mm-hmm. because God had disappointed him. Mm-hmm. His life wasn't where he thought it should be. He was a born again Christian, but for several years, he wandered way off the path at first doing exactly what you said, blending like regular Christianity with like kind of partying and stuff. So he would wear these two masks. Yeah. But you can't wear a mask for long. Nope. And the Christianity deal fell off and he just became the other person. Mm -hmm. And the beautiful part of his story, um, if you didn't hear it last night, it was so nice that he said he woke up one morning in his apartment. He had been partying the night before and it was like the story of the prodigal son. He came to his senses by the Mm -hmm. grace of God. And it didn't matter how far he had wandered away. He was back with the Lord quickly. And it took about a year and a half to kind of get his life back on track. But instantly, like repentant and figuring out, like, man, how do I, how do I, regain the ground that I've lost? Um, But here's what happens: these folks, they have become disappointed with God, and really, they became disappointed with their leader Moses. He just didn't show back up in time. Mm. They're like, this man Moses, we don't even know what's become of him. (laughs) Now Moses is getting the word of God Mm. from God Himself, Mm. not that far away up on the mountain, and. They have seen God part the Red Sea. They have seen God deliver them from the hand of Pharaoh with the plagues. They have seen God preserve their whole people through Joseph. Mm -hmm. Uh, They have seen God bring water out of the rocks. They've seen God drop bread from heaven, basically have quail at night land in their frying pans. Like They have seen God do one thing after the other after the other. I don't think their hope was ever fully in God. I think their hope was in stuff that God could do for them. And I think their hope was in Moses. And I think it was three things. Their their hope was in what Moses could do for their life, their health, and their strength. Mm-hmm. And so what do they do? They said, you know what? Let's just put a name with a face. Let's put God in our own terms because they hadn't seen God. They had just seen the hand of God. Yeah. So they make a bull. Now, why would they make a bull? That's so interesting. People always wonder, like, why a calf? Why a golden calf? Mm. Well, where'd they come from? Egypt. Yeah, and Egypt was known for having lots of gods. Sure. Well, one of the gods was a bull or a calf, and his name was Apis. Mm-hmm. And Apis was in charge of life, health, and strength. Yeah, Exactly what they were hoping for in God, but really looking for in Moses. And none of it quite was exactly how they thought, so they were like, let's just make God on our own terms. Mm. They make this bull. Aaron then is like, whoa, 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 <laughs> whoa um okay he actually made the bull and then the people took over and they started speaking for aaron and they said these are your gods O israel who brought you up out of the land of egypt aaron sees it in verse five and aaron's like uh let's build an altar in front of it now you build an altar to the lord yes you could build an altar to that bull but he starts to blend here worship of god and worship of this bull Mm -hmm. and that's what you said earlier yeah It's not that people totally leave God. It's just, they start adding stuff in. Yeah. I think that's really important.
1: They start editing God. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Good. That's a good, a really good expression. They start editing God. So Aaron makes this altar right in front of the bull. And it says in verse six, um, well, Aaron at the end of verse five says tomorrow will be a feast to the Lord. And it's all capital L O R D it's Yahweh. Mm -hmm. So Aaron's like, we're not totally leaving God. Yeah. (laughs) It's like, we'll we'll do both, yeah yeah, and uh and so it says, verse six, they rose up early, they offered burnt offerings and peace offerings. well, that's what you do for Yahweh, then they sat down and they eat and they drank, and it says they rose up to play now that word play is interesting. I did a little homework on that word, I was like, hopefully not too much what's what's uh just Bible homework <laughs> <laughs> um yeah, spoiler alert. I found the same word in Genesis twenty six eight. I'll read you the verse. And it came to pass when he had been there a long time that Abimelech, king of the Philistines, looked out at the window and saw, and behold, Isaac was sporting with his wife. So some nice Sunday afternoon <laughs> tennis. Yeah, it was. It was. Uh, it was. He was doing married people things with uh, <laughs> with Rebecca. Sporting. The word sporting there—that's from the King James—but the word sporting is the same word as play. Side note
1: that. Passage about Ambimelech raises so many other questions,
0: <laughs> like
1: contextually to me. Yeah, We're,
0: no, <laughs> another message for yeah. another day, which, which, by the way, spoiler alert again, I usually say that when I probably am not planning on teaching on that passage, but yeah, <laughs> it's like, yeah Genesis 26, 8, he looks out and Isaac and Rebecca are uh, enjoying married things and uh, he sees it and they use the word sporting. So it's So here's what happened. Let's just play this out they go from watching God do all this incredible stuff mm-hmm. to now they've blended God and Apis worship mm-hmm. and the people offer things to God. And by the end of the day, some commentators in the ancient commentaries said that there were even orgies that happened that mm-hmm. day. Now that is an, inc- an incredible departure. Yeah. In the same day, you're like, yeah, hey, we got a little God worship and we've got a little bit of, uh, worship of, you know, this, this, uh, this bull. And now we're doing like pretty carnal things. Yeah. Yeah. It sounds, it sounds ridiculous Mm -hmm. when you read it. And I think that Moses was inspired by the Holy spirit to write it so that it did sound ridiculous. Absolutely. Cause if you or I read it, well, if you read this and you think these people are ridiculous, well, that means that you are in the same boat they were in. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> yeah, that's the Bible authors. Just a, a quick little side note: the Bible authors will often write this way. They'll write a story in such a way that you read it and you think, "That's crazy."
1: Oh yeah. Well, it's like the Nathan and David. It's exactly thing where Nathan draws out this whole story, um, that gets David just like absolutely furious, and then he turns it back on him and is like, "That's you."
0: Yes, 100% cuz if you read this and you think those people are idiots, if I saw God do all that stuff, I'd never walk away. Yeah, yeah. Well, what what is it what does it mean when you call someone an idiot for a mistake they've made? It's it means you're prideful. Well, why did that person make that mistake? Because of pride, which yeah. means you got the same thing boiling up yeah. in you that they had, which if if Nathan was telling this story, he would say you're the one worshiping the bull.
1: Mm.
0: Yeah. We should read this story and think, Lord have mercy on me. I know my heart is prone to wander. Yeah. Help me to not be these these people in this story. Mm-hmm. But if we read it and we think that's stupid warning, like you've got that same heart of pride in you.
1: Yeah. So yeah, they've they've taken sort of the shell of of God mm-hmm. and they've complimented it added on these other practices, um, you know, sort of like cultic pagan practices. You, uh, you had a really good list last night that you ran through. So take me through that of, of like, what, what does that look like for us? What are those, those golden calves, so to speak, where we, we think we can have like God and X.
0: Yeah. Let's let's run through that list. So you gotta ask the question, like, why you know, verse eight, where God says to Moses, they have turned aside quickly. Yeah. Like, what would make somebody turn aside quickly? And probably all of us that have walked with the Lord for any length of time have had a moment, hopefully just a brief moment, where we kind of we turned aside quickly. Yeah, yeah. And and we did it while in Christian community yeah yeah, and so this list is is folks in christian community um so one would be drinking like at christ covenant where uh you know it's a it's a a drinking community and i don't mean like you have to drink to be a part of the church i just mean a lot of folks in the church enjoy uh, enjoy a a libation Mm -hmm. and it's it's fun and casual yeah but what happens if you drink too much what happens if you have drinking at every event you go to well you know, obviously the Bible warns against that. Mm-hmm. It certainly warns against being drunk. Well, at that point, we often justify it. We're like, yeah, but I was with my Christian friends. Yeah. That is a golden calf in front of an altar moment. Yeah, yeah. That's what that is. And we're like, yeah, yeah, yeah but I'm with my Christian friends, so it's cool.
1: Yeah. I, uh, I mean, as someone who's, you know, I guess been unwise in that in the past um i would have this like mental scale where i would be like okay well if i have a good conversation with somebody then like you know it, it kind of justifies the whole situation
0: <laughs> yes 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 and we we laugh about it but like yeah. it's it it kind of i mean there's really no difference oh yeah like that's the the warning against drunkenness and drinking parties and those things like it's we got to be careful uh i think also this is a big one um and one of our young adults was sharing this with me like we do a lot of hanging out yeah now is it godly time is it productive time is it like is it the time the lord wants us to spend we probably don't even ask a lot of times because we're like yeah but i'm with my christian friends yeah to the point that some folks have been taken out of being salt and light in the world because they're with their Christian friends so much. Yeah, yeah. They're playing tennis and then they're playing pickleball and then they're like hanging out and then they're going to uh, to church together. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then they're going to the gym together and then they're like, and next thing you know, the 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 lamp has been hidden under a basket. Yeah. But it's okay because I'm with my Christian friends.
1: Yeah, and that's I mean that's one of the greatest tactics like from a spiritual war warfare perspective, mm-hmm. if you are, you know, the devil, the greatest thing you can do with, with firm believers is isolate them is, is you know, have them bubble themselves off. Yeah. Um, And it kind of becomes this like, Matt Chandler's phrase is this theologically obese community.
0: Yeah. Where spiritually constipated, always going in never coming out. Yeah. I love that. Yeah, (laughs) Yeah. exactly. Yeah, no, that's exactly right. Um, another one on this list, uh, there's, there's, I pick on the guys all the time. So I picked on the girls a little bit last night. Um, and, uh, there's gossip. Like some of our ladies really do talk about each other, but they do it in, in the camouflage of Christian care. Hmm. Um, I can't believe she's wearing that. Like she shouldn't wear that. Like that's, I mean, that's really not honoring to the Lord. Um, (laughs) and, uh, and besides she, she's prettier than me and I don't like it. Like they don't say that, but like, you know what I mean? Like there's, there's like some mean spirited, there's like, who's that new girl coming in? What's she doing over there? Blah, blah, blah. blah. And, and yet it's all like, oh, I bet, I bet she doesn't have like any Christian community or I bet like she's new or like, like Mm -hmm. there's gossip. Yeah, And I'm probably saying things, I don't know if I'm saying things that have literally been said, but it's disguised as Christian care. Yeah. Well, that's, that is a golden calf in front of a, a Christian altar. Um, mm-hmm. uh, then I think there's, um, there's pleasure and leisure, I think, uh, and I made this, this was, this was a jab and I probably shouldn't have jabbed quite as hard here. But if I said, Hey, we're going to do a ski trip. A hundred people will sign up. Yeah. If I said, Hey, we're going to go to Clarkston, 10 people sign up. Yeah. Yeah. Now th- that's just like, we ought to, we ought to think about that. Yeah.
1: That was, that was a very convicting moment for me. And and like positively convicting. Um, but yeah, it's, it's, I, I just even began to run through recent like decisions or things that come up in my mind and stuff that I know is going to be taxing where I'm like, uh, oh, yeah, I don't think I can, I, I don't think I can make that work. And then, um, even like stuff that's in like the ministry scope that's like much more like, recreationally based rather than like serving based. I'm like, oh yeah, I can I can squeeze that in.
0: Yeah, yeah. And I I was actually convicted by some of these too. I just want you to know these aren't like all ones that I was like, man, I've got all this mastered. Um, I was I had to think about a lot of these. So you're
1: you're not perfect.
0: Um, all you have to do is ask Heather for like <laughs> half a second. She'll let you know. <laughs> um, she loves me, but I am far far. Far, far from that. Um, pleasure and leisure is one that I love. Like I love to go fly fishing. I love mm-hmm. to I love to go climb and do stuff outside. Like I like to watch uh, a movie late at night, kind of thing. Like I I can I really have to watch how much yeah. of my heart, even even if my time, yeah. how much of my heart might go there. And
1: like these are good things, you know, like leisure, like rest and sure. fly fishing and all that but it's that like when when the orientation of our life is like built around you know we've been we've been architected by god to live lives that are you know productive and and working and and that's right um serving and then sabbath and and these means of grace are meant to like fill the tank back up that's right but you know otherwise like our life, like when we aren't living these lives that we're pouring out on others and, and Mm -hmm. at Christ's feet, we're just, you know, overfilling the gas tank of a Porsche and yep, just flooding the tank.
0: And I, I think there's, so I think there's a few others. Well, I think there's like, um, I think some guys that are at church, maybe hoping to meet, you know, the future misses, um, they're at church. Yeah. There's that, like that Christian altar, that cross that's right there. But right behind that, there's a golden calf of, uh, talking about women like they're at a cattle auction. Like <laughs> that one, not that one. Yeah. Yeah. Not that one, but that one. Yeah. Like that's <laughs> it's just that that's very pagan. Yeah. But they're at church and it's Christian women. So it's fine.
1: Mm-hmm. Um, looking for their Rachel. Yeah. Yeah.
0: yeah. <laughs> um, I also think there's some work habits that people would have that mm. are, you know, quote unquote, necessary or best practices. Um, and people at work know like, oh, they go to church. They do church things. But in those moments, they would never be accused of being a Christ follower as they live out those kinds of things. Yeah, um, And I think in all of that, we would say, yeah, but but there's still church. There's still my Christian community. But we, we all go to church. Look, so did the Israelites. Yeah, yeah. And it's dangerous when we start creating God on our own terms. Mm-hmm. At that point, we have a golden calf in front of the altar of Christ. Yeah. um, C.S. C. Lewis had a great quote. Do you mind if I read this quote? Hey, please read it. It's from The Problem of Pain. He says, We want, in fact, not so much a father in heaven as a grandfather in heaven, a senile benevolence who, <laughs> as they say, like to see the young people enjoying themselves and whose plan for the universe was simply that it might be truly said at the end of each day, a good time was had by all. (laughs) I really think that's what the Israelites wanted. Yeah, They didn't want the moral ramifications of following God. They didn't know the character of God that well. They just wanted the stuff God could do, and they wanted God to look down and just say, hey, as long as you're having a good time, kids. Totally. I mean,
1: we want a God in our image where if you think about the israelites framework of of deities like if you've studied greek mythology or roman mythology at all the the idea of deities in the ancient world for the vast majority they thought and operated like people like they were deceitful they were cunning and clever mm-hmm. um they were just lustful and and whatever. And you just had to appease the deity, but you could really get away with whatever you wanted. That's right. So long as you appease the deity. And even if you, you know, even if there was a a God that, you know, had a, had a strong sense of justice, but you could still, as you would with a person, you could still kind of win them over and get away with your piece of the pie. And like, that's what they're doing here with God.
0: And If you, get, if, if you got God in your image, Will, the one who said at the end of the day, well, as long as you're having a good time, Will, and if I got God in my image who at the end of the day was like, well, as long as you're having a good time, Thomas, Yeah. that also means I don't know how long this podcast stays on the internet. Um, I don't know when somebody listens to this, but currently right now we're in the middle of Russia invading Ukraine, and it's a, it's a big mess. Yeah. That also means that Putin gets a God who says, well, as long as you're happy at the end of the day. Now at that point, none of us have the same view of God. Yeah, and we really, at the end of the day, we don't really want that God.
1: No, no, he's
0: he's not that good. Yeah, and I think as we see this story play out, we realize like, and we look through the the rest of Scripture, we see like, actually, the God who is is the greatest. Mm-hmm. We could never ask for anything more. We can't even imagine anything better. Like, and we see that play out in this story and all the way into the new Testament. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I, I did think, well, it was interesting what happens once Moses comes off the mountain. I think it's worth kind of fast forwarding a little bit. Yeah, yeah. It's a, it's a long chapter. There's, um, 35 verses in this chapter. So we didn't cover all of them last night, but, um, one God says, Moses move out of the way. I'm going to kill them all. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and that's, That's in verses eleven through fourteen, and Moses, prays a prayer, and it looks if you if you read it wrong, it looks like God changed his mind, like he was wishy washy. Mm -hmm. God shows his justice side, and Moses steps in and pleads on God's merciful side. Yeah, and we know through the whole of Scripture that uh, the mercy of God triumphs in judgment when there's opportunity for it to triumph, it will triumph. Yeah, and the Lord says. And, and Moses reminds him, hey, you made a covenant. Remember Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob? You promised to protect these people. And so the Lord does. He spares the people. His mercy triumphs. But Moses is ticked. And mm. he walks down the mountain uh, in, uh, I believe it's verse 19. As soon as he came near the camp, he saw the calf and the dancing, and Moses' anger burned hot. And this is that famous scene where he's got a, a commandment a tablet in each hand mm-hmm. and he slams them on the ground and breaks them. Yeah. Now that's kind of a big deal. If God handwrote a letter to you and carved it in stone. Right, hold on to that. Yeah, you probably keep it. <laughs> <laughs> it's not, but it was very symbolic. And mm-hmm. this whole next little section is very symbolic of what Moses did. What Moses was doing was showing the people, God has not broken his covenant with you, but you broke your covenant with him. Yeah. I think that's powerful. Oh, yeah. A powerful statement. And we need to be reminded sometimes of the gravity of what happens when we leave God. He died on the cross for us. He gave his only begotten son. He puts up with us all the time. Mm -hmm. And when we wander off, we need to see. I wish I wish we could see a picture of Jesus on the cross. I wish we could flash back in time when we start to wander off and realize my sin cost a whole lot. Yeah. How dare I wander off from this loving God who would not even spare his own son for me?
1: Yeah, yeah.
0: So Moses, rightfully so, shows the people, you have broken the covenant with God. Then it says something fascinating in verse 20. It says, He took the calf they had made, he burned it with fire, ground it to, to powder, scattered it on the water and made the people drink it what do you think about that we talked a little bit about that earlier today it's a good time (laughs) I mean if you imagine some idol that you've worshipped and then it gets ground down let's say let's say it was baseball when you were a kid let's say you loved baseball I don't know if you did or not let's say you loved baseball let's say you loved it so much you loved it more than everything else and what if one day your dad came in and he ground down your trophy, mixed it with water, and made you drink some of it? It's,
1: a, it's not a good time.
0: <laughs> not a good time. Not a good time. Now, uh, let's, let's, let's deviate from that analogy because I don't know what would happen if you drank stuff from a trophy. But gold <laughs> is a noble, a noble metal, mm-hmm. and so your body actually doesn't absorb gold. Yeah, yeah. So what happened once they put that in their body? Came right back out. And if you're out camping, it comes out on the ground. Yep. There's not a toilet. Nope. The very thing they worshipped ended up being a fly collection thing. Laying on the ground.
1: What an image.
0: (laughs) And they had to think about it.
1: Yeah, it makes me, I mean, this is totally tangential, but it makes me think, like, in my Imagination Moses has always just been so like heatedly angry that he just like <laughs> comes up with the most absurd reaction possible. Yeah, and it's like, man, maybe there was some like artistic merit to this. Like,
0: <laughs> that's a good one there. I'd be like, good one, Moses. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> like, like, even, oh, 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 I see what you I did see, there. <laughs> I see, <laughs> like, because it was a cow, no, yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. yeah, like that. That is a uh, so poetic. Of a, of a punishment. It's not just like this mean-spirited thing.
1: It's quite literally bull crap.
0: <laughs> Come on, see what you did there. God, hey. hey, I do think there's a crazy new Testament connection. I think Paul in Philippians three, seven through eight was actually referring to this moment. Paul said, uh, "Everything yeah, yeah, yeah. I used to count as gain. I now consider loss. And then he goes on and he says, I count it all as rubbish. Mm-hmm. compared to knowing Christ Jesus my lord the word rubbish is excrement yeah i wonder if paul felt the sting of man these things i used to worship i had to drink them and they came out as excrement and it made me realize all that is waste mm. compared to knowing god yeah yeah i i don't think it's happenstance that he talks about that in that same light i think it is i think he is comparing it to this mm-hmm fascinating absolutely so well we we i think we probably need to land the plane here i've said that like 10 times i'll try not to say that expression again but um (laughs) uh you gotta to play the rest of the story out i'll just tell it to you real quick um so what happens is moses asked the question uh in uh in verse 25 i'm sorry verse 26 uh moses says who is on the lord's side come to me I think Moses didn't ask, hey, who all drink? Stand over there so we can punish you. Yeah. Uh, or who, not, not who all drink, who all worshiped at the calf? Come on over here so we can punish you. Moses said, who's on God's side? Yeah. He, asked, he basically says, it doesn't matter where you've been, where are you going. Yeah. Yeah. Where are you going? It's this great moment. That's all they had to do to come back to the Lord. But 3,000 people refused to come back to God. Hmm. And they were killed that day. Yeah. And it makes you ask the question, was God like a little bit happy to kill them? Yeah. And I think any honest reader of the Bible, especially the Old Testament, would say, is God like a little bit glad to get rid of folks?
1: Mm.
0: <clears throat> the beauty of the story is the answer is a resounding no. Mm-hmm. The, the <clears throat> Jewish people were told to have seven feasts. One of the feasts is called Shavuot, the Feast of Weeks. It happens a few weeks after the Passover. And the reason they celebrated this feast, Shavuot, the Feast of Weeks, is because it's they celebrated God giving Moses the word, mm-hmm. the Torah, the instructions. Well, that gets all the way into the New Testament, and a lot of people know about that feast. They just don't know what it's about because it's in Acts chapter 2. Mm-hmm. But it's got a different name. It's not called the Feast of Weeks or Shavuot. In Acts chapter 2, it's called by its Greek name, Pentecost. Mm. Now, in Acts chapter 2, all the people have come back to Jerusalem, and, uh, and when they get back to Jerusalem, they are worshiping God. It's a few weeks. It's 50 days after Passover. Mm-hmm. They go together to celebrate God giving their word, mm-hmm. or his word. Now, the first time this feast ever happened, 3,000 people died.
1: Mm.
0: once the word of god comes in the flesh dies on the cross for us ascends back up into heaven the holy spirit comes on pentecost on shavuot and how many people will in acts chapter 2 verse 41 how many people are saved that day three g's come on three thousand that's amazing it is amazing i mean what a moment the lord so powerful the lord much to his chagrin had to have these people killed people that intentionally said we're not coming back to God mm-hmm. they they died yeah and years and years and years later it could have been 4000 that were saved could have been 1500 could have been 500 it was exactly the same number that died that day yeah god saved them
1: yeah i uh just kind of i guess putting a bow on the story I think the most profound moment is God is He's going back on top of the mountain during the golden calf worship, God speaking to Moses, and he tells him what's going on, and he says, Therefore let me alone that my wrath may burn hot against them, and I may consume them in order that I may make a great nation out of you. Mm -hmm. So he offers Moses the deal of a lifetime, like, forget Abraham, forget all these guys. Let's start over with you. And Moses pleads, Why why like please don't destroy them? Like why what would the Egyptians say of you if they they heard you done this thing? And then verse thirteen, just so profound. Remember Abraham, Isaac, and Israel your servants to whom you swore by your own self and said to them, I will multiply your offspring mm. and he points back to God's promise that God's covenant that he made on his own name. that's right with Abraham. and this is just a foreshadow. and then you know Moses goes down and, and lashes out on these people, um, albeit righteous. But it points forward to another prophet who would stand on a mountain or be hung That's on right. a mountain. That's right. And would plead on the behalf of those at fault. Except instead of Jesus, and, and now he stands on the mountain of the Lord pleading, interceding for us. But instead of pointing back and saying, Remember Abraham, remember Isaac, remember Jacob, he says, remember me remember what i did Mm. and and that we are clothed in the righteousness of christ
0: that is so strong and it does it does my heart good to hear you say that because that's what we've been trying to do this whole series is draw out jesus in this story yeah and you see him all the time yeah and when you say that makes me think about jesus on the cross Mm -hmm. have mercy on exactly they don't know what they're doing yeah Moses is a type of Christ and he says, have mercy on them. They don't know what they're doing. And the Lord himself is the only one that can redeem us. Mm
1: -hmm. Yeah. And and Moses comes down from the Mount. I mean, I feel like this is a bottomless, like you could just keep making. Oh yeah. Yeah. Uh, But Moses comes down with a list of things with a a call for them to repent and a list of things they need to start doing Mm -hmm. if God's going to stay in their midst. Jesus, comes down, and the work is done.
0: That's right. Like, (laughs) and I think I think will. We have to remember. He he's not in the business of indiscriminate kindness. Mm. He won't be mocked. Yeah, but he takes no pleasure in people walking away from him. No,
1: and his kindness is meant to lead us to repentance.
0: That's right. He is kind because he's paved the way. He loves us, and I think we just need to have a, a real warning moment, and a real prayerful moment of, Lord, I like the song, like the like the old hymn says, my heart is prone to wander, yeah, and we need to we we can say that to God, yeah, and ask Him, Lord, you've done so much good stuff for me. You're so amazing. You love me. Help me to love you. Help me not to wander because I know that I feel like I could.
1: Yeah. Absolutely. I uh I have some some lyrics to a great song that I know you love and I'm sure no one listening to this podcast has heard before.
0: Please tell me. I I'm I want to say the initials might be R M. You're correct. Come on. <laughs> hit hit us with some wrists. This is, this is as just a great little one. a yeah. little
1: benediction for this yeah. topic. Give, me, about.
0: give me, read us read this to so us. Let's, let's, let's your homework
1: up. to anyone listening, look up we are not as strong as we think we are by Rich Mullins. And if that's not the best song title you've heard today, then you're lying. Dude. But do yourself a favor. It's a song We are We Are Not Strong as We Think We Are by Rich Mullins, who he's basically like the father of of any Christian music that is not a hymn. <laughs> like right. He's a he was kind of the seventies, eighties um, Jesus movement guy. But uh, this is verse One and two of the song, well, it took the hand of God Almighty to part the waters in the sea, but it only took one little lie to separate you and me. Oh, we are not as strong as we think we are. And they say that one day Joshua, he made the sun, sand, still in the sky, but I can't even keep these thoughts of you from passing by. Oh, we are not as strong as we think we are. So as we, we look at this story of Israelites turning aside quickly, we know if we scoff at them, we're not as strong as we think we are. We're susceptible to the same thing. But we have a prophet on the mountain who's even greater than Moses.
0: Amen. Well, I hope you've enjoyed this uh, little break from the normal sermon that's up. And I'm really glad we can do this do mm-hmm. uh, this talk back through. Exodus and uh, and I'm excited to wrap up this series what a great series it's been thanks for listening y'all